The Buffalo Bills have invested in edge rushers, but is it good enough? We're examining the current situation and options for the Bills in the draft today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Lockdown Bills. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very much. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, we're talking edge rushers today. I want to examine the current situation for the Bills and then talk about the prospects. I've went through and scouted the edge rushers, and I have 14 of them to present to you today that ended up with top three round grades for me that I think would be good options for the Bills. And of course, all of my scouting this year is through the lens of the Buffalo Bills. So I have them stacked in order of the way I would prefer the Bills to draft them. And the good news is if the Bills want to invest in the position, there's a lot of intriguing options that make a lot of sense in the first three rounds. But before we get there, let's talk about the current situation in Buffalo when it comes to the defensive ends or edge rushers. So you got this guy named Von Miller. He's awesome. Love him. But he's coming off of an ACL injury that he suffered on Thanksgiving in 2022. It's a 9-12 to month recovery. And I know that Von Miller is a freak, but he doesn't break the rules when it comes to ACL recovery. My expectation is that he's probably going to start the season on the pup list and miss at least four games. And so that's obviously a concern. You got Greg Rousseau as your other starter, and Greg Rousseau is a nice young player. I like the trajectory, love the year one to year two growth, excited to see what he does this year, very comfortable with him. And then after that, you got Shaq Lawson, who wound up being the starter opposite of Rousseau when Von Miller got injured, ahead of A.J. Epinesa, who's the fourth defensive end. And I think he had his best season last year, but I, I think that's a pretty low bar to clear. Maybe he'll have an even better season next year in a contract year. I mean, he had six and a half sacks. That's pretty decent. Then you have Boogie Basham, who has been pretty uninspiring as a recent second-round pick that's still on a rookie contract, actually has two more years left on that rookie deal. And Kingsley Jonathan, who's a practice squad player. And so I look through this, and I see short-term needs, and I see long-term needs. The short-term need is, well, first of all, Von Miller's injury. Right now, if the Bills had to play a game, I think your starters are Rousseau and Lawson with Epinesa as the third guy and Boogie Basham playing 20-25% of snaps. That doesn't excite me that much. I like Shaq Lawson, but he's not a difference maker. He's a fundamentally sound player that provides good depth, but not an ideal starter. And so... The Von Miller injury creates part of my short-term concerns, but another short-term concern that I have is that 
there's some easy upgrade opportunities. I look at really everyone after Miller and Rousseau, Rousseau and say, you can get a better player. And we're talking about a premium position here at edge rusher. And so whether it's navigating the early part of the season without Von Miller, but also considering that there's a lot of upgradable players here, the short-term need to me is very clear, which also feeds into the long-term need in that you've got a lot of upgradable players, but also you've got some expiring contracts here. Shaq Lawson is back, but only on a one-year contract. And A.J. Epinesa is in a contract year. And if he goes out and have, has six and a half sacks again, someone's going to pay him a few bucks. Not a huge deal, but I think there's going to be some money out there for A.J. Epinesa because NFL teams usually pay for sacks. And maybe there's a belief that there's an upward trajectory and you know he was behind Miller and Rousseau or whatever, however you want to spin it. Maybe he's a Tim Settle type player at edge like Tim Settle was at defensive tackle where you say, well, he flashed made a few plays, but was kind of stuck behind some better players on the depth chart. And with more opportunity, maybe maybe he'll be a better player. Look, I'm just saying, I think there's a path for AJ Epinesa to get a reasonable contract with some other team. But regardless, there's the need to replace him because you need more here at this position. So I see short-term needs. I see long-term needs. I see a general manager in Brandon Bean that continues to invest in this position group. And so, like it or not, it's on the table. And not only is it on the table, I think it should be on the table because, like I mentioned, there's upgrade opportunities all over this depth chart, and it's a critical position. And I've peeked at this bill schedule coming up. I haven't obviously seen exactly when the games are played, but we know what teams the Bills are playing. And they're playing a lot of good quarterbacks. A lot of good quarterbacks. Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. Those guys are all on the schedule, every one of them. And, of course, winning in the playoffs, the Bills' pass rush late in the season just continues to not be good enough. And obviously, Von Miller being injured this year certainly impacted that. But I want to see more dynamic edge rush for the Buffalo Bills, and I think their best chance to get it is going to be in this draft. So in just a moment, we're going to talk about those options. But first, something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details quite yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantities. So mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd, to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I personally can't wait to see what the new flavor is. I've never seen them quite hype up something like this, so I can't wait to see what it is. Make sure that you check them out. Head on over to Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, so I've spent the last few days finalizing my grades for the edge rushers in the 2023 NFL draft, and I'm ready to share them with you today. And all of this, as I've said many times, is part of this building the Bills big board, or at least the way that I would stack it. And we're getting close to the end here, and I'm excited to share that with you. But this is all about looking at these positions, grading the players, stacking the board. And sometime early next week, I'm going to have an entire 
Bill's big board to share with you that covers every player that I would draft in the first three rounds. So here's the edge rushers. And at number one, probably not much of a surprise. It's Will Anderson out of Alabama. Six foot three and a half, 253 pounds, 33 and seven eighth inch arms. We don't have an RAS score on him because he didn't test fully. But Will Anderson is an exciting player, really exciting player. Um, he's just really disruptive. That's what I'd say about him. He makes a ton of plays. The backfield production is outstanding, and he did it in the SEC, the closest thing to the NFL. He produced game after game after game. And for as productive as he is and as dynamic as he is, one of my favorite things about him, which is true for a lot of the players that I have here towards the top, is that there's a lot of room for him to develop more. I think he can build his pass rush repertoire even more and maximize his physical gifts even more. And it's already at a high level. And so he's a really exciting player. Love the urgency. Love the football character. He's going to be one of the first five players off the board. He's not going to be a Buffalo Bill, folks. But he's my number one edge rusher. So I don't want to spend too much time on him because he's not really going to be in play for the Bills. But he's my top guy. And very closely rated to him at number two is Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. And boy, did I have fun watching his tape. I've, I've enjoyed watching him, I think, for this entire season and kind of coming out of the summer and realizing that for somebody who loves to bet on traits, I really do love tools and physical traits. You know that. You've listened to this podcast. You know what I prefer in football players. My goodness, do you get a really exciting package in Tyree Wilson. Uh, six five and five eighths, two hundred seventy one pounds. Check out these arms, thirty five and five eighths, and we don't have an RAS score for him. He's working on a, I think, a foot injury. He's been rehabbing, um, but really exciting player. And you watch him at Texas Tech, and you're going to hate the way he was used, uh, whether it's this year or last year. This past year, kind of a stand up outside linebacker a lot of times. Uh, the year before, uh, very gap control type player, right in in this playing as a base end five technique. And you never really got to see a whole lot of opportunities where he just goes, right? Just goes, attacks the pocket. And um, when he got those chances, you watch him and you just, you're salivating your jaws in the ground because you just love the burst. You love the flexibility. You love the power. And he just wasn't consistently given opportunities to, to use all of that. And I, I'd obviously have a lot of questions for Texas Tech and their coaching staff, but projecting him to the NFL is what this is all about. And my goodness, do I think he's an exciting player. I, I think he's very clearly one of the best prospects in the class. He'll go in the top 10 for sure, maybe as high as number two to the Houston Texans. There's some belief out there that he can go ahead of Will Anderson, and I'll be honest with you, I understand it. I understand it. The tools there are just really exciting, and I think the trajectory is exciting as well. I don't think he'll be a Bill. Uh, but he's number two for me on the edge rusher rankings. Now, I'll tell you what, this top three is really in a class of its own. These are, I think, a, a clear cut above everyone else. And that last guy in this top bucket is Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Six, two, and two eighths, so a quarter, 238 pounds, 32 and five eighths on the arms. RES score of a nine, two, three. So you're not going to love the size here, right? A little over 6'2", right at about 240 pounds. 
and less than 33 inches on the arms, right? Those are not ideal numbers. But what I love, what I love about Nolan Smith is so much. I, I, I could, I don't know what the first thing I want to say is, but he's just a dynamic football player. I compare him to Hassan Reddick, who's really emerged lately and was awesome for the Eagles last year in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And I think Nolan Smith is a more explosive version of Reddick and also a way better run defender. I know that nobody's drafting Nolan Smith for his run defense, but my goodness, is he awesome at it. I mean, this dude is squeezing offensive tackles back into gaps. He is standing up pulling guards. I mean, he is a smart, smart football player that fundamentally understands how to play the game. The run defense is tremendous. You'd have no idea he's 238 pounds. He more than holds his own as a run defender and anchoring, squeezing down and making plays. But he's also explosive, a really explosive, dynamic guy. The first step quickness, the flexibility, his ability to just dust offensive linemen is really exciting. I'll tell you what, that would if the Bills picked him at 27, I would absolutely love it. But I'll tell you what, I just don't think he gets there. I think this is one of the best 15 players in the draft, very clearly. And so if he's there at 27, I don't know. I probably sprint to the podium. I don't think he gets there. But, man, is he exciting, really exciting player. And I like that he would offer something a little different. The Bills have went with these long-armed compression-style rushers. And I want some burst, and I want some flexibility. And my goodness, would you get that in Nolan Smith? So that's a that's that real to me top top bucket of of edge rushers in this class. Now the next two players I still have as first round options, and then we'll kind of get into second round guys. Number four on my list is Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, six five, two hundred seventy two pounds, thirty four inch arms, RAS score of a nine three nine. There's a lot to like about Lucas Van Ness. Um, plays with a ton of urgency, super physical, super stout. There's more bend than you're expecting for 272 pounds in a 6'5 frame. And I just like that makeup uh, that he offers physically, whether it's athleticism, power, and of course, the, the size is really good here. The question that people are going to have about Van Ness is, well, he never started a game in Iowa. And I think that says more about Iowa than it does Van Ness because he's better than the players that he was behind, but they have a very like seniority type system for who gets to start. And Van Ness didn't start, but he's played a lot of snaps. So I think he's reasonably experienced for a redshirt sophomore. But it's all about ceiling here with Van Ness. Obviously, he's a touch raw, but if he maximizes his physical gifts, I think he can be a really outstanding edge rusher. I think he's a lot like a Trey Hendrickson type player that you see uh, with the uh, the Bengals who, you know, has really turned it on to become an outstanding pro. I think Van Ness it has that type of ability at the next level. So he, I don't know if he gets a 27, but he's my fourth guy. My fifth guy is Miles Murphy, Clemson, uh, 6'4 and 6'8, 268 pounds, 33 and three quarter inch arms, RAS score of 971. There's a lot to like about Miles Murphy, physically gifted, um, 
has a lot of power, really heavy hands, really good bull rush. And I like how he works off of that. And he's got some some burst and flexibility to go with it. I, I think where you watch Miles Murphy and you get turned off a little bit is because you feel like he has so much physical talent, but you just wish he didn't fade as much, right? There's there's just moments where he should be more dominant than he is. But when he when he's dialed in, he is very dominant. You just it needs to be more consistent. So I like Miles Murphy. He's my last like true first round grade here at the position. And it's all about just finding more consistency and playing to his fullest capability. So now we're going to get into the uh the second round grades. The next player is Keon White, number six, Georgia Tech. He is very billsy to me. That was I watched his tape, I studied him, and I thought he was very billsy. And you could for better or worse, he's billsy. Six four and seven eighths, two hundred and eighty-five pounds, thirty-four inch arms, RAS score of nine nine two. Keon White started his career as a tight end at Old Dominion, was there for a number of seasons, eventually converts over to defensive line, finds some production, transfers to Georgia Tech, has an injury, and then this past year he kind of put everything together and, and played really well. Uh, whether that's rushing off the edge, he can reduce inside and, and rush a little bit. Uh, high character guy, really intriguing. Um, there's a lot of power to his game to go with the athleticism, which is intriguing to me. I, he plays really, really hard. He, he, for better or worse, reminded me, at least in college, of Boogie Basham at Wake Forest with maybe a little bit more in terms of power and maybe a tick more in terms of that ability to really power through rush angles. So he just feels billsy to me. And I'm not sitting here pounding the table for him to be a bill. I just feel like kind of falls into some of those tendencies that we've seen the bills be attracted to in the past. The next guy on the list here is uh, number seven, BJ Ojolari out of LSU. A uh, little bit smaller guy here in terms of size, good length, though, 6'2 and 3'8, 248 pounds, 34 and a quarter inch arms. RAS score comes in at 915. If the Bills are looking for, uh, like I, I talked about with Nolan Smith, this is not this is not a Nolan Smith caliber player in my mind, but uh, that leaner framed guy with burst and flexibility, you get that in Ojolari, and this guy has a relentless motor. So if they want that slashing style edge, that guy that can win with speed and burst and flexibility off the edge, this guy makes a lot of sense. I like his hand usage. It's very refined. And he's got good length. And I think that really helps him overcome being a bit of a leaner frame guy, uh, not super bulky or anything like that. Um, not not going to help you traditionally uh, as, a, as a run defender, right? Um, you're going to want to line him up over tight ends and not really task him playing on the weak side and, and over uh, offensive tackles and having to you know, squeeze down and those types of things. So you, you have some limitations against the run here, but I really like – the pass rushing skill set here and how he gets off the ball, how he uses his hands and how he can can really turn tight quarters and get to the quarterback. And obviously he plays with a lot of, a lot of a high effort. So again, if you're, if the bills are interested in that prototype, you know, a little bit more of a a smaller frame, but burst and bend BJ Ojolari absolutely fits that type of description. All right. I got seven more players to get to here. Just need a quick break. I'll be right back. 
All right, let's get to the next seven players on my edge rusher rankings. We're still in second round grades here. Number eight, Felix Anudiki Uzoma out of Kansas State. He will be referred to as Felix from this point forward. Six foot three and an eighth, 255 pounds, 34 and a quarter inch arms, RES score of an 873. You watch Kansas State play defense, you can't help but notice this guy. He makes a lot of plays, really good in terms of getting in the backfield and, and making plays. Um, he's a guy that has good power for 255 pounds, good length as well, over 34-inch arms. He uses that to his advantage. Uh, I like his ability to get off contact and finish. Um, better run defender than you think for a, a little bit of a smaller player uh, that maybe is more attractive to odd front teams as a stand-up player on the outside. Um, but he kind of gives you this hybrid skill set of burst, bend, off the edge, but also there's some power components to his game. I, I like him a good bit. Uh, I wouldn't advocate him, advocate for him high in the f- second round, but I think at 59, if the Bills really wanted to go with an edge rusher, he would make sense. Number nine here, another player that I think is very Billsy, Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame, 6'5", 264, 34-inch arms, RAS score of 961. Isaiah Foskey is the all-time leader in sacks at Notre Dame. That's pretty impressive. Uh, so you love the production. I like the versatility. He's a guy that can play off the edge. He stood up quite a bit, and it would play off ball. Uh, he would reduce inside, and so he played a lot of different roles for Notre Dame over the last couple of seasons. Um, super high character guy. Had a chance to interview him, actually, and, and chat with him, and and I think he's one of those guys that uh, will be labeled as wired the right way with the right DNA, you know, those types of phrases that you hear from Sean McDermott. And Brandon Bean, I would say with Foskey, for as much as he is productive, maybe you just wish there was a little bit more variety with how he can rush the passer, Um, needs to develop a few more moves, but also as a run defender, there are times where you just wish he was a little more firm at the point of attack. Um, So that's why he's more of a second round grade for me, despite the production. Um, But I I think he's very billsy as well. And so Keon White, Isaiah Foskey really fit that Billsy label, in my opinion. So those are my second round grades. So you have your first round grades being Will Anderson, Tyree, Wilson, Nolan Smith, and kind of the upper tier of first round grades. And it's Lucas Van Ness and Miles Murphy, four and five. Then my second round grades are Keon White, BJ Ojolari, Felix, Anudiki Uzoma, and Isaiah Foskey. And now these last five players are all third round grades for me. And the next one at number 10 is Will McDonald out of Iowa State. Six foot three and five eighths, 239 pounds, 34 and seven eighth inch arms. So a lot of length there uh, to go with the lean frame, right? Sub 240 pounds, 967 RAS score. Uh, there's a lot to like about Will McDonald. Uh, for a leaner frame guy, I think he plays with good power. Uh, watched him live in, and in person at the Senior Bowl quite a bit. And uh, there, was, there was more power than I thought he would have. And and I think that's really important because it allows him to work some speed to power conversion type stuff and, and use that length and that reach that he has to keep offensive linemen out of his pads and really give him a chance to win in in more ways than just trying to run circles around offensive tackles as a leaner guy. Uh, So I like that about him again, if you're looking for that slasher, which I kind of am, honestly, I'm I'm interested in in that type of skill set added to this group. Uh, because I want more sacks. I want more backfield production from the Bills' defensive ends. 
And I think more variety will help get them there. And so Will McDonald's a guy that I, I'm pretty interested in um, more towards the third round. He could probably go a lot higher than that, uh, which will probably be true for a lot of these players. But I'm just kind of commenting on where I value them. And, you know, the Bills are picking up 59. That's right towards the end of the second round. And so there's a good chance that some of these guys that I grade as high third round picks are in play for them at 59. Next player is Derek Hall, number 11, Auburn. Uh, 6'2 and 6'8, 254 pounds, 34 and a half inch arms, RAS of 9'4. Derek Hall is a player that you think is bigger than he is on tape. Like, if if I didn't see his listed measures, I would probably think this was a 6'5, 270 pound defensive end, but he's not. He's 6'2 and 6'8, 254, 254 pounds. Um, decent get off, kind of tight hipped. Um, really relies on using that length and playing with power. Um, you wish that he was a little bit more dynamic at the top of his rush to really flatten and corner, um, but he plays with power well. He's a pretty solid run defender. Uh, I think part of his development has been hurt by Auburn with just the amount of different defensive line coaches that he's had over the last few years and you know, kind of continuing to have to tailor the way he plays to their preferences. And so I think there's some untapped potential here, um, but because I think there's a there's some real growth areas that I need to see for him for me to to grade him higher than uh, kind of that that high third round range. But I can see him becoming a meaningful starter in the NFL. But I think there's a curve there. And number twelve, Zach Harrison, Ohio State, six foot five and a half, two hundred seventy four pounds, thirty six and a quarter inch arms. I don't Ohio State with Zach Harrison, Dewan Jones, and Paris Johnson. I mean, just unreal length in some of these players they had coming out this year. Uh, RAS score on Zach Harrison of 872. Zach Harrison, one of those big time recruits coming out of high school that flashes a lot, but the consistency was never really there. And the production was a little bit underwhelming for the physical skill set and the recruiting profile. Uh, but there are just moments where you watch him and you're like, yeah, I get it. That's that's why he was such a highly regarded recruit um, and had so much buzz for what he can develop into, but it never really fully happened. So you just got it in doses. And I think that comes from some of his rigidness, right? He's kind of a high hip guy and, and turning corners is not really his strength. And he really has to win with power and length. And those are fine things, but you just wish there was a little bit more dynamic burst and dynamic ability to corner and flatten with consistency. So there are moments where he can dial it up and really look like, I mean, honestly, a first-round player, but there's just not enough of it for me to grade him any higher. Number 13, Yaya Diaby, Louisville. Six foot three and three eighths, 263 pounds, 33 and seven-eighth inch arms, RES score of a 986. Uh, was a, pretty much a, a non-factor until this past season at Louisville where he got some opportunity to play and really turned it on. Um He's a bit raw. There, there's definitely a lot of room for upward growth here, but physically he's just impressive in terms of the athleticism, good size. He's got some pretty exciting power as well. At Louisville, they gave him some chances to reduce and rush inside, and I thought he was really successful. And there are a lot of reps on the outside where he could just kind of really create that half-man relationship and, and really power through um, and, and turn and, and really put some offensive tackles into some vulnerable positions. And so it, to me, it's about, all right, 
I got an appealing player. It's not all there yet, but I've seen some flashes that if you can really build on them, you can have a meaningful player. So uh, late third round, I think he's a worthy idea in terms of that developmental appeal. And the last guy here, number 14, is Tuli Tui Pelotu out of USC. 6'3", 266 pounds, 32 and a quarter inch arms, RAS of an 8'5". Um, this is a, a very relentless football player. Uh, lines up in a lot of different spots for USC, a lot of production, and he wins with just a lot of effort. I mean, he plays so hard, and I appreciate that about him. You wish he was a little longer, sub sub thirty two and a half in charms, right? Thirty two and a quarter, a little bit, a little bit light there. Um, again, an eight five RAS score. He's one of those players that's had some fluctuations in weight, you know, in where he was asked to play for USC, which I think, I think that always tends to kind of hurt a player. You want to get them in that ideal weight and let them go, but finding it sometimes just takes a little too long, and I think that's kind of the case with Thule. Um, and, and that's why you, you see the production and and you're not quite in love with him as a pro- prospect to the degree that the numbers would tell you. Um, but high effort, good power, has some rush variety, but a little tight, lacking a little bit of length, and that's kind of why he's more of a third-round grade to me than any higher than that. So there you have it. There's the rankings. There's the 14 players that I would pick in the first three rounds for the Bills at edge rusher. And uh, hopefully the Bills come away with one of these players because I, I, as I discussed at the top of our conversation, the short and the long-term needs are pretty obvious to me at a very important position group. So we got a few more position groups to get to. What we're going to do, though, is I don't have enough interior offensive linemen, safeties, or running backs to make that individual episode. So we're going to put them together in one conversation, which will probably be our conversation tomorrow. I'm also going to make sure that I get to all of the, of the uh, not top 30 visits, 30 visits, the players the Bills hosted, and make sure that they're all reflected on the board. And, and there's going to be some players there that won't be top three round grades. And, and um, that's fine. I want to make sure that they're on there because they're definitely on the radar. And then that's going to position us well to uh, reveal the Bill specific draft board as I've stacked it. Um, and then, of course, a lot of conversations leading up to next Thursday night when the Bills are scheduled to pick number 27 overall in the first round. So a lot still left to do. We're getting towards the finish line. Hopefully you're enjoying these Bills draft conversations, and hopefully you're ready for next week. Um, and, uh, of course, we're going to talk about if the Bills pick these players, we're going to really go in and talk about what they offer and you know what they mean in terms of those picks. So the conversation – is crossing the finish line, but it's also in a way just beginning. So make sure you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.